Let's get into the Word, shall we? Anyone ready for the Word of the Lord today? All right, we stand for the reading of God's Word, Ezekiel chapter 12. And um, we're going to get you out of here so you can enjoy Cain's chicken and, and each other's fellowship. It's going to be a great day. And then, of course, head to your house and eat that barbecue or whatever you have prepared for the Super Bowl. How many Chief fans are in the building today? Wow. How about them Niners? It's a real tough one for me, I'll tell you. I've, I've preached in San Jose so much in the last 10 years. I've spent years at a time in the Bay Area. But my second favorite team in the NFL has always been the Kansas City Chiefs. My first team, of course, I'm from Baton Rouge, so New Orleans Saints has always been my favorite pro team. Um, but they didn't do very well this year. Like I said, Ezekiel chapter 12, right? Verse 21, and the word of the Lord came unto me saying, son of man, listen very carefully today, guys. Son of man, what is that proverb that you have in the land of Israel saying, the days are prolonged and every vision fails? Tell them, this is God speaking, tell them, therefore, thus saith the Lord God, I will make that proverb to cease and they shall no more use it as a proverb in Israel. But say unto them, the days are at hand and the effect of every vision. For there shall be no more any vain vision nor flattering divination within the house of Israel. For I am the Lord. I will speak and the word that I shall speak shall come to pass. It shall be no more prolonged in your days, O rebellious house. Will I say the word and I will say the word and I will perform it, says the Lord God. I will say it and perform it. Again, the word of the Lord came unto me saying, Son of man, behold, they of the house of Israel say, the vision that he sees is for many days to come. And he prophesies of the times that are far off. Therefore say unto them, thus saith the Lord, there shall none of my words be prolonged anymore. But the word which I have spoken shall be done, says the Lord. I'm going to preach a message this morning entitled, It is Closer Than You Think. I need you to say that to four people around you. Come on. I know you've been talking all day. It is closer than you think. It is close. Now let's pray before you sit down. Father, first of all, I plead your blood over every person in this sanctuary, dear Jesus. Secondly, Holy Spirit, I pray that you lead us and guide us into truth today because when we arrive at truth, we are made free. And finally, I pray for an anointing in this place that will break every generational curse and dismiss every generational spirit. And we say, Lord, let revelation run its course in our hearts and through this sanctuary. There's an open heaven over this building today. Throw your hands up and shout, Lord, have your way. Say these words, speak, Lord. Your servant is listening. Amen. Clap your hands to Jesus Christ, the King of Kings, one more time. All right. This is a participatory service. It's Super Bowl Sunday. Clap your hands. Shout to the Lord with a voice of triumph. Hallelujah. High five your neighbor and tell him it's on in the building. You may be seated. I'm going to read that same exact passage of scripture from the Message Bible. God's message came to me, son of man, what's this proverb making the rounds in the land? Everything goes on the same as ever. All the prophetic warnings are false alarms. God, the master says, tell them. This proverb is going to have a short life. False alarms and easygoing preaching are a thing of the past. I think I'm going to read that verse one more time. False alarms and easygoing preaching are a thing of the past in the life of my people. I, God, 
am doing the speaking. When he says that, he's serious. What I say happens. None of what I say is on hold. What I say, I'll do, and I'll do it soon. And then he says, you rebels. That's God. God's message came to me, son of man. Do you hear what Israel is saying? That the alarm the prophet raises is for another time, a long time off. And he's preaching about the far off future. Well, tell them. God the master says, nothing of what I say is on hold. What I say happens. Shout it again, it's closer than you think. Well, it's an interesting day today. First of all, today is Groundhog Day. It's Super Bowl Sunday. And it's a day, I learned this today, it's a day, I learned this this morning, that this day is called a palindrome. Some of you know what that is, because it's 02022020. The last date like this date was over 900 years ago, 11-11-11-11, simply meaning those digits can be reversed and they look the exact same both ways. Now you say, Pastor Rick, what does that have to do with your message today? Nothing. <laughs> I thought it was interesting. So your second question may be, why Groundhog Day? Is that the revelation for the morning? No. What is Groundhog Day? Nothing. <laughs> it's a superstition about a groundhog or a woodchuck that supposedly emerges on this day and sees its shadow. Ha! <laughs> and due to clear weather, it will retreat to its den and winter will persist for six more weeks. If the groundhog does not see its shadow because of cloudiness, spring arrives early. What does Groundhog Day mean? Nothing. Because that's just something to talk about. Let's move from superstition. How about the Super Bowl? I'm not looking for a groundhog. I wrote this down this morning. I felt inspired of the Holy Spirit. I'm not looking for a groundhog, but a honey badger. The honey badger takes what he wants. He will emerge and take home a Super Bowl trophy. Tyron Matthew is is the honey badger, and he's one of my favorite all-time LSU football players next to Burt Jones or Charlie Alexander or Hokey Gajon or Tommy Casanova. <laughs> Thank you. <laughs> we wear the team we love, right? So... Praise the Lord, LSU. <laughs> I've been very quiet about <clears throat> 63. Okay, in our text, I'm just, I'm just playing. I love you. I love you. Let's receive an offering. Praise God. In our text, the prophet finds himself in Ezekiel chapter 12 engaged in a war Say this with me, a war of words. So it was a prophetic word from the Lord versus a proverb in the land. Okay? 
I hope y'all caught my shift. We just went into this word now. Y'all ready for it? Okay. Forgive my frivolous ways. So there's a war of words going on. The word of God, a prophetic word versus the proverb that is in the land. Popular opinion. So there's this disease of apathy and skepticism that had infiltrated the ranks of God's very elect. I hope you didn't miss that. The disease of apathy and skepticism had invaded the ranks of God's very elect in Ezekiel chapter 12. His prophecy, Ezekiel's prophecy concerning coming judgment. Now, that's important because the fact that it was judgment matters only in relation to the time. The more important or pertinent thing is that God's credibility was at stake. Are y'all hearing what I'm saying? In other words, God's integrity was on the line. And in verse 23, God speaks to the prophet. In the NIV, it reads like this. This is what the sovereign Lord says. I am going to put an end to this proverb. And they will no longer quote it among my people Israel. Say to them the days are near when every vision will be fulfilled. It is closer than you think. I'm going to introduce to you three words today. Now, I was told that there was a clock in my iPad. There is no clock here. There's no clock on the wall. So I'm going to preach till we eat Cain's chicken. First word is evaluation. The word evaluation means to determine the worth of something or to discern the value of something said. Are y'all with me? Evaluation. To discern the value of something being spoken. How many of you know sometimes words just are meaningless? Things people say have no weight to them. So there were things being said in Israel that the prophet discerned were potentially dangerous to the destiny of God's people. The prophet discerned that there were words being spoken among God's people that were potentially dangerous. Verse 22 says, Son of man, what is that proverb? Verse 23 says, I will make that proverb to cease. What is a proverb? A proverb is a discourse of words that eventually form a rule of thinking. That's a proverb. It's strategic alignment of vocabulary that had come to a place of enlargement in the minds of God's people. That, that's what the proverb was. So it's, it was not true, but it was repeated so much that it had evolved into something to believe in. A rumor. Gossip. Slander. Here's the problem. It was being passed from one person to another person. Verse 21 says that proverb that you have where in the land. What was the proverb? The days are prolonged. The vision fails. So among the people of God, there was this gossip, this rumor, this proverb that says it's taking too long. Systematic doubt is very dangerous because it's contagious. Suspicion is very dangerous because it's contagious. Hmm. 
the people were saying, this isn't real. God's not going to do what he said he's going to do. It's taken too long for it to happen. The vision is failing. The vision is everything we are believing for. Everything we contemplate with, with pleasure. Everything we believe. Everything that we have prophesied is not going to happen. You ever felt that way? Tell the truth. You once believed it and it was hot in you. It was passion inside of you. You knew any moment this thing's going to happen. And then it took a long time. Doubt sets in. And then people start confirming to you it really is not going to happen. Hmm. The vision fails, which means the feeling that you have a bright future wanders away from you. And you wind up losing all hope. And what you thought was a vision is really void of promise. The vision you had of your future turns out to be void of content. And the enemy and people convince you it was not a real vision. That was more like a fantasy. Hmm. Everything we hear and see takes too long. It wanders away. Verse 27, God speaks, prophet, behold, they of the house of Israel keep saying, the vision that he sees is many days to come. He's talking about another time. The perception among the people of God. Here's, where, here's what's dangerous, folks. It's dangerous when what is in the land gets in the house. Talk in the building, Pastor Rick. It's dangerous when what is being spoken out there gets in here. False proverbs, lies are always going to be spoken. But when they are repeated by the people of God, in the house of God, it becomes dangerous and potentially detrimental to the progress of prophetic destiny for every person involved in that house. Preach in the building, Pastor Rick. What are you saying, Pastor Rick? Be careful. To what you are listening to and who you are listening to. Hmm. What he's saying is not for us, that's for another people. Here's a reminder for you and for all of those doubters concerning your personal destiny. The vision is yet for an appointed time. But at the end, it will speak, it will not lie. Though it tarry, wait for it. Because it will surely come. And it will not tarry. It will not delay. Though it lingers to the point of procrastination. And making you feel like it might not happen. Though it seemed like it's not going to come to pass. Though it seems like it's never going to happen. And everybody else is telling you, you're going to always be who you always were. I came by to tell you, God is about to do something with that proverb. And he's about to turn that thing around. And you shall have. I don't want to preach right now, but you shall have everything God said you will have. The doubters and devils and spiritual strongholds and principalities are going to be proved wrong. God is real. God's word is true. God is alive. And your best day is not behind you. Your best day is still in front of you. If I've got any people in the building that have some hope, for a bright future, I want you to take about 15 seconds and give God praise like you really believe you have a good future. Be careful with toxic people. Toxic people 
in close relationships with you is not healthy for your spiritual well-being. If what they say does not line up with what God has said, you need to learn the principle of saying goodbye, so long, adios. Get that hand waving real good and tell them you're out. I'm done with you. Surround yourself with people that believe in you, that know how to speak faith into your future. Can you say amen for that? So he says, though the vision tarry, say it with me, wait for it. We started this year by preaching a message called the waiting is over. And we proved that prophetically that there's a time when God says enough is enough. And I believe that God comes to a place in the life and the history of Israel in Ezekiel chapter 12 where God said enough is enough of the false talk. People saying I'm not going to do what I said I'm going to do. <clears throat> Let me tell you, it's one thing when people put doubt in other people's mind concerning your credibility. But it's a whole different thing when people put doubt in other people's minds concerning God's credibility. You don't need to speak up for God. God big enough to take care of himself. Second word I want to introduce to you is this idea of execution. Now watch God's reply to the proverb. He says, tell them, I will make the proverb stop. And they're not going to use it anymore among my people. Verse 23, Ezekiel 12, say unto them, the days are at hand and the effect of every vision. <clears throat> so number one, God says, I'm going to refute it. Right. It will cease. This proverb's going to be laid to rest. When I was praying for you this morning, God spoke to me very vividly and said these words. Today is a day that I'm going to lay doubt to rest among my people. You are about to move out of unbelief into full belief. You're about to move out of a lack of faith to being full of faith. This is a day that is monumental for your progress in God. You're going to shift today. God's going to change your mind. You're going to leave here with your head held high, shoulders square, knowing that God is not only able, he will do what he said he will do. Somebody shout praise the Lord. So number one, he said, I'm going to refute it. Number two, I'm going to reverse it. God said, I'm going to intercept the proverb. And I'm going to keep my promise. Verse 23, but say to them, the days are at hand. The effect of every vision shouted, it's closer than you think. I came by to encourage you today to run a reverse. Some of you football fans know what that is. Everything is going in one direction. And suddenly somebody comes back diametrically opposed to the way everything is going and takes the ball the other direction and it confuses the enemy. Are y'all in the building? God says, say the very opposite of what the enemy is saying. The enemy is saying, it's not going to happen. You start saying, it's going to happen. The enemy is saying it shall not come to pass. You start saying it's about to come to pass. The enemy is saying you are sick. You'll always be sick. You start saying I am healed because God says I am healed. The enemy is saying you are always depressed. You're always sad. You're always depleted. You're always defeated. You start saying I am happy. I am glad. I have a garment of praise. I am more than a conqueror. I am an overcomer by the blood of the Lamb and the word of my testimony. Somebody shouted, run a reverse on him. Tell your neighbor, run a reverse on the enemy. Revert everything he says, say the opposite. The enemy says you're carrying a generational curse. Shout back at him. I am carrying a thousand generations of blessing. 
That's what the Bible says. You're down. No, I'm up. The Bible says I am the head and not the tail. I'm in front. I'm not behind. I'm blessed in the city. I'm blessed in the field. I'm blessed when I come. I'm blessed when I go. Somebody shout it again. Run a reverse on him. Say the exact opposite of what the enemy keeps telling you. Your children are eternally lost. My children shall be saved and live forever in a heavenly home. Tell your neighbor we about to shame the devil in this building today. And I came by to tell you it's time to start running from the enemy and turn around and tell him enough is enough. I don't believe nothing you got to say. Shout it again, run the reverse. And God says, you tell them, Ezekiel, the days are at hand and the effect of every vision. So I saw that and I thought, man, that's an interesting terminology. So I did the proper exegesis. The effect of every vision means the execution or the performance of the thing that you have been practicing to receive. Boy, y'all didn't hear that there. The effect of every vision, the execution or the performance of the thing that you have been practicing to receive. See, it's very powerful when you practice your future. Samuel's the greatest example of that. He's a little boy wearing a linen ephod. That's illegal. What was he doing? He was practicing his future. If you'll start acting like you've already arrived, then what was waiting for you when you got there will start arriving where you are. Don't wait till you get there. Shout right now. I'm trying not to preach today because it's friends and family day and I'm trying to show a calm, calm, cool, collected pastor. The effect of every vision, the performance and the execution of the thing that you have been practicing. It also means the completion of what was planned. That stood out to me because it's Super Bowl Sunday. A completion is a successful forward pass. That's a completion. A successful forward pass. So what happened in the land was they were Passing bad news. Wish I had a football. They were passing. Bring it up here to me, Maverick. Oh, thank you, Gina. You're very kind. You could have let that young man do it, but that's good. So they were passing bad news in the land. How many of you know bad news passes faster than... Turn your TV on. Get on social media. Bad news travels faster than good news. Hmm. But God says we're going to reverse it. And the effect of every vision is at hand. The completion of what has been planned is right before you. Well, that's strong. So I thought about elements required for a successful forward pass. First of all, you better have someone that can pass. And secondly, you better have someone who can, who can catch. I'm the quarterback today. Sorry. But I'm up here with the word. And I'm just throwing word. There are going to be people that watch it fall right by their side. But there are going to be other people that's going to catch this word. And it's going to change your life. I need to know before I start really passing, do I have any good receivers in the building? Somebody shout, throw it this way. I'm ready to catch it. Tell your neighbor I'm about to catch this right here. Number two, both the Pastor and the receiver must understand the intention. The intention of passing 
is to make forward progress and ultimately get to the goal. I wouldn't be passing if I didn't think we was going to make progress today. But because I know Quest Church, because I know there's some good receivers in the building, bump your neighbor and tell them we about to make some progress here right now. Both, number three, Lord have mercy, both must understand the strategy. The strategy is in the call. Now don't miss that. The strategy is in your call. The call was made in the huddle. Woo! Help me, Welcome to the huddle today. Let me tell you about the fans in the stands. The fans in the stands ain't interested in the huddle. They just want to know if what you planned in the huddle is going to work in life. The enemy ain't worried about no huddle. The enemy is threatened that what you called in the huddle, you're going to really live out in your life. Whew. And we about to call some plays that's going to give you an anointing to break every generational curse in your life and run past every generational spirit that the enemy has set up to attack you. <laughs> Number four, both the pastor and receiver must be able to discern the defense. Read what the opponent is doing. Let me tell you something. The purpose of a defense is to stop your progress. So if they call whatever defense, they can call a full-out blitz. Shout, I'm ready. If they run a zone, if they go man-to-man, -man, discern what the enemy is doing. If you see your children acting crazy, guess what? The enemy is attacking your children. What do you do about that, Pastor Rick? Walk in their bedroom and say these words. Train up a child in the way he should go. And when he is old, he will not depart from it. Somebody shall reverse it. Number five. Both must understand improvisation. In other words, there could be an audible. Woo! The key is just stay open. Y'all didn't hear that. Maverick, come up here. Maverick's a football player for Newcastle. Come over here, Maverick. You're the defender. Now, don't play as good as Honey Badger right now, please. If I'm a receiver and he is covering me, the play breaks down, then I have to be sensitive enough to know that my quarterback is watching me. Y'all in the building. Now, because the route can't be run, he's covering me too good. My number one responsibility is get in the open if that means I have to push him off to get open then push him off and get open some of you are in close contact in relationships that are unhealthy called soul ties which means you are codependent on the person who has really been covering you instead of helping you to get open. And Pastor Rick came by with a strategy for you. Push him off so you can get open. Jesus told the deaf man, Ephatha, which means be opened. I hear God telling his people, quit playing around with relationships that keep you covered in an unhealthy way. Break the soul tie in the name of Jesus. 
I hear God saying, break the rut syndrome. Stop staying contained in the words from your childhood. When people would tell you, you are nothing, you are a nobody going nowhere. Somebody shout, I'm going to get open today. What do you mean, Pastor Rick? Push it off of you in the name of Jesus and tell the devil, you've been on me long enough. I'm about to receive something for my destiny that's going to propel me into my prophetic future and out of my historical past. I need to know if there's anybody ready to make a move. Thank you, Matt. Thank you, Matt. Both, come back, Matt. Come back. Both must trust the other. The receiver has to run the route. The passer must throw to the spot. The quarterback must throw to the spot because he trusts the receiver will be right there to receive it. When God got ready to bless you today, he trusted that you would be in the right spot to catch your blessing he can be ready to bless you but if you're not ready to receive it and you in the wrong spot playing with the wrong people involved in the wrong stuff your blessings gonna come down in the place that you are supposed to be tell your neighbor I'm gonna get in position today in the name of Jesus so I'm thinking about this game today and execution and I thought, there's going to be a lot of stuff happening in this Super Bowl. One play can change the whole momentum of the game. What did you just say, Pastor Rick? One service can change the whole momentum of your life. One turnover can shift the momentum. The root word for momentum is moment. Don't let this moment... I'm trying not to preach, pass you by. Because if you let this moment pass you by, you may lose the momentum that is necessary for you to advance past every obstacle that the enemy has set up to defeat you. You know what I've been praying, Lord? Give us momentum. Momentum that will plow over anything the devil erects. Bless the name of Jesus. So I thought about it. There could be a special teams play. See, I see special teams as intercessors. Yeah. The special teams is the ones that you only see them every now and then. But they can make the difference in the game. Are y'all hearing what I'm saying? There's nothing that makes a difference more than fans. Have you ever heard of home field advantage? That won't be enjoyed today because you're at the Super Bowl. But when you're playing in your home turf, you ought not ever lose. Shout at somebody and tell them we at home today. There's victory in this house today in the name of Jesus. How many of you are ready for some momentum in your life? I'm about done. Thank you, ma'am. You can, you can be seated. God is good. You're in trouble when you begin to compete and lose the goal to complete. Yeah. You're not here to compete with your spouse. You're here to complete your spouse. When I was praying for you all this morning, I heard these words. There have been too many incompletions. And I'll let you just decide what that is for your life. There have been too many incompletions. Then I heard this. There have been too many interceptions. That God had an intention for you and your family and the enemy intercepted it. Don't be okay with that. Don't be do not do not settle that that's just okay as part of life. No, it's not part of life. It's not cool that the enemy intercepts stuff. Then I heard these words. Number one, there's been too many incompletions. Number two, there's been too many interceptions. Number three, there's been too many interferences. 
The enemy has been allowed to interfere too much with your progress as a family and as a person. You know what I saw today in the spirit? That interference was happening, but a ref walked out on the field called the Holy Ghost. What I just told you is the Holy Ghost just threw a flag on your enemy. And the enemy that has been attacking you is about to be penalized by God. God's going to say, just because you touched him, now I'm going to advance him 15 yards. Just because you mess with her, now I'm about to advance her 15 yards. Some of you have been getting knocked around by the enemy, but I came by to tell you, be encouraged. Because the Holy Ghost just blew the whistle and threw a flag. Tell somebody, I'm about to advance 15 yards. I just heard the Holy Ghost say, no, not 15 yards, half the distance to the goal. I came by to preach to you today a message called, it's closer than you think. See, it gets closer when the enemy starts interfering with stuff that God has planned for your life. That's the quickest way to make forward progress. And I hear the Holy Ghost saying, you are about to advance half the distance to the goal. In other words, you're going to look up now and you're going to be right there. Somebody shouted, it's closer than you think. Woo! Can I finish this here? Third word and I'm done. Somebody shout expectation. Change the vocabulary and you will replace apathy with urgency. Woo! I guarantee you one thing, Gino. Neither the Chiefs or the 49ers are going into this Super Bowl expecting to lose. Coach, am I right about it? They're both going in there expecting. Woo! I'm sorry, y'all. I'm getting excited now. Lord, help me stay calm. Help me stay calm, Lord. Because if there's anything missing on our team, not execution, it's expectation. You gotta wake up every day expecting that you're gonna win that day. You win, you get to the Super Bowl by winning one game at a time. Stop trying to win in a place way out there when all you have to do is win today. Get up today and say, I'm going to win today. I'm going to defeat this devil today. And then tomorrow, I'm going to wake up and I'm going to win again. And then the next game, I'm going to win that game. And if I win more than I lose, there's a great possibility I'm going to be in the Super Bowl. And I came by to tell you, quit settling for losing. God did not anoint you, call you, save you, and sanctify you for you to be a losing somebody. You are victorious, and you need to expect every day to be a champion. If there's any champions in the building, I double-dog dare you, jump on your feet, and shout like you are victorious. Do you love the Lord? Hallelujah. Now just stay standing. Because some of you think this is all about you. It ain't about you. It's not your word that's on the line. It's not your credibility that's on the line. God says, I am the Lord. I will speak. The word I speak shall come to pass. It will no longer be prolonged. I will say it. And I will perform it. I will speak it and it will happen. Whew. The expectation of what is said is on the word. If you had to depend on somebody else's character, I could understand your doubt. Well, you are talking about the King of Kings, the Lord of Lords, Jehovah Jireh, Jehovah Sikhanu, Jehovah Nissi. 
You are talking about Jesus Christ, the Savior of the world. His word is on the line, and I promise you, you're not going to lose this game. You leave in here a winner in life. So there's a word that God speaks, and it happens now. God is not a man that he should lie, neither the son of man that he should repent. Hath he said it? Will he not do it? Hath he spoken it? Shall he not make it good? I better read that one more time. I'm going to read it with a little more emphasis. God is not a man. That he should lie. Neither the son of man, Lord have mercy, that he should repent. Hath he said it? Will he not do it? Hath he spoken it? Shall he not make it good? If God said it, it's going to happen. Therefore, because his word is on the line, I have full anticipation that his announcements over my assignment have to come to pass. He said, I will say the word and I will perform it. Woo. I will accomplish it. I will advance it. Can I give you some more word? The word of the Lord came to Jeremiah and said, what do you see? He said, I see an almond tree. And the Lord said unto him, you have seen well, for I will hasten my word to perform it. That's when God takes your word and presses the gas pedal down to the floor. That's when God says it's your word and it's coming faster than you thought it was coming. Somebody shout, it's closer than you think. When he says my word will hasten, here's what it means. This word is sleepless. It's on the lookout for an opportunity to happen. It will be watching to see who is open to receive it. I will hasten my word. I'm watching for who gets open to receive. I want it to happen right now. I'll leave you with this. Romans 4, 17. As it is written. I have made thee, Abraham, the father of many nations. Before him whom he believed, even God, who quickeneth the dead and calls things that are not as though they are. Who against hope believed in hope that he might become the father of many nations according to that which was spoken, so shall your seed be. And Abraham, being not weak in faith, he considered not his own body now dead, and when he was about a hundred years old, neither yet the deadness of Sarah's womb, he didn't consider that either. He staggered not at the promise of God through unbelief, but was strong in faith, giving glory to God and being fully persuaded that what he had promised, he was also able to perform. Somebody shout it again. It's closer than you think. Give me five guys right here. Not, not the hamburger, but five guys. Just five guys. One, two, three, four, five. Okay. Brad, get in the middle right here. Maverick, bring me that football. I want to show you something. Y'all just get in a line like you're an offensive line. Face that way. That's good. Here's what I just see in the Holy Spirit. He is able to do what? Perform it. The goal line is right there. Everyone say it again. It's closer than you think. Here's my question for you, and some of y'all going to remember this. Who's blocking for you? Some of y'all are running with people. Turn around, guys. That are coming back at you. Turn around, guys. Then are working with you. Because when you, let me see the ball. When you got good blockers and you go back to pass, build me a pocket right here, guys. They'll build a pocket around you in prayer. They will surround you in prayer. Till you can make it complete. Talk back to me in the building. Woo! Go back up there, guys. 
Or if you just need one push for two yards to get to your goal, they'll strain with all of their might. Come on, guys, go two yards. They'll strain with all of their might to make sure you make it. Welcome to a church that knows how to block. Tell your neighbor, I got you. I'm going to block for you. I'm going to pray for you. I'm going to intercede for you. Because when you score, we all score. It's not who has the ball. Say it again. You're closer than you think. God is good, isn't he? Watch what a line will do for you. Whew. They will make an opening for you. Block that way. Block that way. And look at this. Listen, when you surround yourself with people that care about you, they're always creating openings for you. They're not trying. Come all over me, guys. Come up here close to me. Turn toward me. They're not trying to control you. Y'all hearing me? They're not trying to control you. Turn around. They're trying to open stuff for you so you can get to the place you're supposed to be. I need to know if there's a church in this building ready to block. Come on, tell four people around you I'm blocking for you. Come on, tell them again I'm blocking for you. Just hit the opening, man. Just run as fast as you. I'm sorry, y'all. I feel a super anointing now. I got a feeling the Holy Ghost about to show up in your life and things are about to shift. God is picking up momentum in your life. What you think is going to happen in 10 years, going to happen in 10 minutes. What you thought was going to happen in six years, going to happen in six days. You got to believe God that what God said, he shall perform. Shout it again, it's closer than you think. I need you to tell four people God will do what he said he will do.